0: This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream.
1: I hiked 15 miles, I hiked up to the watchtower, I watched an eagle in its nest, but I did not wear a watch, I don't care what time it is, for me, it's always time to live. Time to live, time to live. For myself, it's always time to live, time to live, time to live. It's always time to live. Now, thus far, I have been free of watches and of clocks. Time has ceased entirely to be dreamy gentle haze fills me up with quiet joy my solitude unbroken on the trail time to live time to live for myself it's always time to live Like the solution I would sooner walk a day behind the burrow than spend two whole hours on the streetcar I have watched the white-maned rapids shake their crescent wild abandoned surging frothing roaring overwhelming time to live Said, it's all this time
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to April. You know, I have to say this every show. What date is it? Because I'm always fascinated and, and astounded that once again, we are entering another month, a month, another month, April, April, Easter is gone. Passover is over. We are here in April. Uh, By the way, that was Time to Live by Dan Byrne, uh, one of our new favorite regulars here on the WFAD, I like to call it. So yes, it's April. It's actually spring here in Los Angeles. I know that's not shocking because it's Los Angeles, but uh, there are hummingbirds and Phoebes in my backyard. Not that I'm in my studio today. No, I'm in the fine, fine recording hut of Richard Green, uh, which uh, is – it is. It's like a hut of love is where we are right now. So uh, it is spring. It is official. Uh, Things have happened. Uh, Things are springing all over the place. Uh, And uh, I am – I am full of thoughts, full of thoughts today. I was so full of thoughts this morning that 5.30 a.m. came around, and after my large elderly dog uh, barked for five minutes straight for no particular reason, I could not shut my thoughts down. So I'm one of those people that thinks, okay, I just have to get up and do something about it. And so uh, as I um, want to do these uh, days, I sat down and, and wrote a little piece for you today. So uh, the name of the piece today is A Place for my space. There once was a bearded wise man who talked about a place for your stuff. It was a clever observational essay about how our houses are just that, a big pile of stuff with a roof on it. I once lived in a house that was chock full of stuff, someone else's stuff which you know what that means. There were his parrots, uh, radio-controlled helicopters and airplanes and cars and blimp, a pygmy goat named Toby, a gun collection, a large-scale train set from Germany, an exotic cat, cocaine paraphernalia, camera equipment, car parts, and actual cars taking up almost every single square inch of square footage of our house. It was an insane asylum, without the asylum part. It was my first marriage. It was my own personal hell. It was hell because there was no room to breathe. No space. The minute I would move something to create some space, he would immediately fill the void with more stuff. He was the consumeristic version of nature, abhorring vacuums of any and all kinds. All of his stuff made me feel crazy. And then actually made me crazy. I ended up having such severe anxiety that rolling panic attacks flooded through my physiology every moment of the day. The more my house filled with stuff, the more my bloodstream filled with adrenaline. I didn't know what it was. I just felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Half my day was spent checking my pulse and the other half was spent obsessing about checking my pulse. Too much, not enough, or just right. Yes, I I was insane. At the height of my insanity, I could only leave my house for very specific destinations. My parents' house, the shrink, and the supermarket. And then I could only reach those destinations via specific roads I had deemed safe. What made them safe? Who the fuck knows? I was insane at the time. Once I got to my destination, I felt okay for about 30 seconds. Then I would begin obsessing about how I would have to get in my car eventually to get back home. You see having a panic attack behind the wheel of a car is really, really not fun. You feel like you're leaving your body, and this does not make for a good driver. Most would agree you generally need a body and hopefully a functioning mind attached to make good decisions while maneuvering 4,000 pounds of metal 40 miles per hour around moving obstacles. But when your body's most essential resource, oh, let's say oxygen, is being shuffled away from your cognitive mind and towards your extremities so they can aid in the outrunning of the tiger your ancient and primal autonomous nervous system now thinks is about to kill you, your mind is at the furthest point from actual functioning. In fact, the only thing it can come up with in that moment is, I believe I'm going to die. And you believe it. Deeply. So very, very deeply. So deeply that I tell people that if in that moment, God himself came down and told me that it was just a panic attack, I would look at him and say, fuck you, you're a liar. That's how crazy it feels. Space. The opposite of stuff. Space. Can you feel it? The space between the words. Without the space between these words, there would be no comprehension. No ability to discern one sound from another, and therefore no meaning could be extracted from each sound. Space. It is essential. Without it, there is no meaning. Without space inside your mind, there is no you. Inside of you, your mind, body, there are plenty of ideas, sensations, feelings, images, thoughts, all flowing back and forth and through each other, cascading through your cerebellum and cerebral cortex and brainstem, causing you to breathe, wake up in the morning, make the coffee, argue with your wife, masturbate in the shower, listen to the morning zoo DJs during your commute to your job, where you repress repress the urge to murder your boss with a stapler, then crave a bacon cheeseburger for lunch, digest said lunch, hate your coworker who collects Donald Duck memorabilia, Cry while you listen to Pavarotti on the way home. Forget to pick up some more toilet paper and then fall asleep on the couch while your kids watch the Big Bang Theory. We are a blur even to ourselves. Without the space to pause, we are a long smudge of life without definition. Look around you. Look around your pile of stuff right now and find some space. Move some stuff out of the way. Help throw some stuff out of the way and create a little slice of space, a place where you can sit and pause, sit and be still. Sit and create space inside your head. Create some space to make a place to introduce yourself to something quite spectacular. In some ways, you could call miraculous and always present you. Find a spot. A chair under a tree on your porch in the corner of your home office or living room. I don't care. It really doesn't matter where. But find a spot. Find some time, and you will, I promise, find a place for your stuff. And that was Andy Starr with uh, The World Will Follow. And Logan just told me she's getting some airplay on Sirius XM. I would like to feel responsible for that. I don't know why, but I I will. I'll just take it. I know it's not true. I'm excited. We're going live today. My understanding is is that the feed is working. There are actually people out, humans, humans out in the world right now who can hear the sound of my voice. This is very exciting. Maybe um, that fine, fearless leader of North Korea can hear me, and he just (laughs) listen to me while I tell him, simmer down, dude. Just simmer down a bit. It's getting a little, little embarrassing uh if you're not nice we will take your basketball collection away from you or something (laughs) i don't know yes dylan what do you want to say dylan wants to say something before i even introduce him if only there were some sort of historical reference point
2: we had for the son of a leader who became a leader and then was belligerent and militaristic toward those he perceived as his dad's (laughs) enemies
0: Yes. Let me think about that. Yeah, sorry. Always
2: a good idea to run things that way.
0: Always, Hmm. always. It seems to work out well for everyone. So since we've already started the guests talking on the show, I think I will take a moment to introduce them. (laughs) Because, you know, that's the way we do things here, however the fuck we feel like doing it. Uh, So today on the show, I have, uh, well, you know... Semi, the, definitely two of the usual suspects and someone who's becoming a usual yeah. suspect here. Uh, I have the uh, fine Dylan Brody, the purveyor of fine words and phrases.
2: Hello, Kelly Carlin. May and I call you Kelly
0: Carlin? You can call me that. That would be my name. Excellent. <laughs> if you called mm-hmm. me something else, I would be worried and probably wouldn't answer to it. All right. Then I will call you Kelly Carlin consistently. E- Excellent then. Uh, we also have the, uh, the fabulous uh, and uh, divine mistress of Uncabaret, Beth Lapidus. Hi, Kel. Hey there, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the hut today. The h-
3: this fab.
0: I know, is this is a fab hut. It's got a whole different vibe. It's not the same vibe as the studio, as my studio. No,
3: we, you're reinventing. We are reinventing <laughs> right now. Absolutely. This is very secret. It's like a secret it's, little... It's,
0: it's our bunker, in case, you know. Right. Right, <laughs> in exactly. Case. In case. Period. Just in case. Just
3: in case. <laughs> yes, period. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no, they don't need to finish no. that sentence at all. And then we have uh, the maestro... The maestro himself is here, folks. Mr. Rick Overton.
4: Why, Sister Kel, tell it, Sister Kel. Well, Hallelujah.
0: <laughs> uh, Rick and I have become like uh, Tavis Smiley and... Um, uh, Cornell West. And Cornell right West. On. We just call each other <laughs> brother
4: and sister that's every it. time uh, we see each other. <laughs> that's right. I feel it.
0: We're, we're we're very white but we call each other brother and sister because you know that is the good christian fellowship that we do here at uh, waking from the american dream rick has called me
2: brother as long as i have known him he and freddie asparagus Used to call me brother when I first moved into Los Angeles. I do
0: not know who Freddie Asparagus is. Oh, really? Yes. Oh,
2: Freddie Asparagus was a 400-pound Mexican comic until he died. Wow. And he was wonderful. He, he when I was starving and living on the roof of the comedy store, he used to give me two dollars every day and tell me to go buy a taco. Wow. And then when I got a five hundred-dollar check, I took him to dinner at. Uh, the, the sushi on sunset when Danny Bonaducci was still the the sushi guy there <laughs> right. and I sat there buying Freddie asparagus sushi if you sit with a 400 pound man buying him sushi it is like watching the taxi meter run at a stoplight who's <laughs> a sweet sweet man
0: Wow. Wow, I love that name, and I love that he was a 400-pound Mexican man. That's just so fantastic. That's, that's wacky. That is wacky. Well, uh, welcome then. Did
3: he reinvent himself with that name, or was it a given name?
0: I have no idea.
2: You would know him if you if you saw, well, if you saw him now. You probably wouldn't know him. But <laughs> when he was alive, you would have immediately recognized him. He, he was the, the bartender in Three Amigos
0: oh giant yeah. certainly you remember the bartender. i think i was i was he, I was, was, like, he, he I was probably either smoking roles. weed or in that first marriage of mine at that point so uh, i'm not sure uh, if right. i remember that he had dozens
2: of those sorts of roles right, where right. you see him and you go oh that, that guy. guy yeah was one of
0: those yeah Tom. one of those familiar f- familiar character actor guys yeah Uh, So welcome, everyone. I'm excited uh, today. uh, As Beth commented in an email, uh, the topic is reinvention. And and yes, it is absolutely sourced from this time of year. It seems that nature itself has a way of reinventing uh, itself every year. It's like, a miracle. Like clockwork. It's yeah, amazing. This year it's doing what? it without bees. In spring again? <laughs> it's, I had a few bees in the backyard, I do, and I some hummingbirds and things like that. Uh, and yeah, and I just, you know, I, I mean, I could have done renewal, regeneration. It's all in there. But reinvention in particular... Uh, to me, feels like a conscious
3: act. Yeah, reinvention comes from within, whereas renewal can sometimes be outer.
0: Yeah, and I think sometimes we're forced by outer circumstances to reinvent ourselves
3: well, in life. You're forced to continue, but you're never really forced to reinvent. You can always cling to the yes, old.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's why I think it is partly a conscious and, and thing. And if you do a core
4: dig in the beach you can pull up layers of the ones who tried that. Yes.
3: In, in yes. Possible form. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, but I think we could all look back at our own lives and think that, well, like you were talking about in your first marriage, you could have reinvented earlier than you did. Yes, definitely. There's always, you know, <laughs> <There was> always, <laughs> the first wake-up call is always the time you could reinvent. Yes, and you hit, you hit the, the snooze button. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it generally just doesn't happen on the first no,
0: possible no, moment. No, no. I think it's renewal... sort
3: of like Springtime, I'm so sorry, but it's like spring comes and then it goes away. Yes, a little frost comes yes, right after yes. the, the oh, tulips come up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it.
4: Indian spring. Yes, Indian spring.
2: Trick spring. I think renewal <laughs> is cyclical, and mm. reinvention is about breaking cycle. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Reinvention
4: is about restarting when you have the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. I is, I like it a, that. Uh, is it a, an absolute circle or is it a clock spring? Hmm. Just each pass is pretty close. you could hop it if you wanted to, but you have to wait and do a lap every time, yeah, Just and c- watch it do one more loop, but right. you can it's right there, you could touch it,
0: yeah, and certainly, I mean reinvention uh you know can send you off in a whole new direction, yes,
3: and let's not neglect if you reinvent it implies that you have already invented. I was thinking about this, it's too. Yeah. Absolutely. It does not say the reinvention isn't reexisting. Right. I mean, there's a lot of existence that is renewed. Yeah. But uh, to reinvent means that there was an original, as I just yeah. said previously in the last sentence. Yeah. And yeah. I could easily repeat <laughs> Here's what That's I'm really way looking way to for. to reinvent it. Let's reinvent <laughs> it.
4: Here's, I, here's, the, here's my goals, is to be reborn minus the terrifying being manhandled by giants with whom I cannot verbally communicate <laughs> while covered in sh- fucking goo and shit, and they, they hit me. And and no one knows why I'm miserable right. uh, for a long fucking time. I, I would love to ditch that part and get straight to that young, you know, just out of high school and full of hope going to college feeling again. and
3: uh, Yeah. I'm- I, you know, just had lunch with a college girl it's not all we remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, that was not the best time of my life. It's great. But I was just like, Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh
0: yeah. That's I, asked, right. I asked my husband the other day, I'm like, if you could go back thirty years, you know, knowing what you know now, of course, right. you know, what would you how would you change it? And that's the thing, you have to know what you know yes. now, but yeah. you never do then. No. You only know what you know and it ain't much.
4: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you imagine having your database? Dropped into that body Yeah One night you sit up And you know everything That's the funniest Hit film of the summer Switcheroo
3: (laughs) I feel like I knew Everything when I was eight Like I feel like I knew it And I forgot to write it down And then I forgot it (laughs) And now (laughs) Like like, I I do feel When I was eight I did have Vast understanding Yeah I I mean I remember This one moment I was walking home From school I was like TV's so fake Like they should do Reality they should just come and shoot me and how I really am. And I mean, I wouldn't have looked like, I don't so know. So you're saying I really, that
2: you I'm, felt at the moment that you really understood anything, everything you invented reality. television <laughs> Yes.
5: yes.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I understood
5: reality.
4: You know, I, I live on that fake stuff. You know, that, that bread and butter for me <laughs> yeah, <I had laughs> all <those> written things. Yeah. <laughs> kind of rely on that for uh, <laughs> medical and dental. I,
2: I think people who have never gone into therapy ever mm-hmm. – Go through life not realizing that what they are to begin with is an invention. Yes. You know, it's this, well said. this, this kind of this
5: process oh,
2: of realizing that, that, that you're living within these constructs.
0: <laughs> right. Yes. And you don't
2: realize they're invented constructs until you get to just pay someone to talk about yourself for an hour every couple of days.
0: Right. And then you but
3: find out. But there is no life without that. I mean, there is no – you. Ha- I mean, without a invented construct, there's – Nothing
2: right, but some of the constructs really aren't serving you, and wind up
5: <laughs> constantly yes.
2: defeating. You. I had a, a breakthrough two days ago that is buzzing Ooh, in my head right now. A new now. breakthrough. It's my, it's my current. Oh, I now how does how do I reinvent myself based on this realization? Cool. I. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a story I'm working on about the, about my education and the fact that I left high school because I got into college and they weren't going to give me a high school
0: diploma. That's technically I hadn't not finished. leaving high school if you're this going to college. This is what I just figured out. <laughs> all my
2: life, all my life, my father has sort of uh, indoctrinated me into this construct. And I have always believed that leaving high school to go to college was further proof that I can't finish anything. <laughs> wow. And I have no, lived with And that has been no. part of my, everything I go into is I just, I've got to finish That's it. To I just have you? to. To finish it because i otherwise i never finish anything i dropped out of high school i never fin- and so. i was in therapy the other day and i was saying so and i never finish anything you know i dropped out of high school and i got into college and my therapist said wait 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 wait." <laughs> yes so, did you not that's finish that's college that's right. oh no i finished college <laughs> yeah. so you you never got a high school diploma Well, i got it in 19 in 2001 saying i graduated in 82 but that's not the point i never finished anything no 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 yeah that's a construct it's not a real thing
0: so so it's so interesting. So insight is what I'm hearing and insight about your life that it is a construct that now you can look back at a time in your life that you had a certain storyline about. And now you're understanding that the story is not the meaning that you gave it, that that in itself can add some energy in your current life to help you reinvent something about yourself.
2: It, it gives a way of starting a reinvention. Yes, yes. How have I been behaving based on that construct? Right. Because I didn't even notice I was behaving that way because I didn't even notice that was a construct.
3: Right, right. Usually, it, I think it's more for me, like what you're saying. I'm sitting here thinking, well, you didn't finish high school. It's true. It's true. Right. But it's not the biggest and truth. Beth
2: Lapidus has my dad. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but it's the and meaning it's you, not you give the to that biggest truth. But yeah, it's, and it's not it's the not meaning the you big, give it. And there's yeah. a layered truth, and often, um, and there might be something. Not to, I'm just playing the devil's advocate. I'm sure you're right about your. Well, own but mind. the, the thing devil is, doesn't you know, need but, an advocate. He's the devil.
2: Once you say you're advocating for bail above, you to meet lose. My attorney.
3: <laughs> you
2: lose the moral high ground at that point. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> um,
3: so because but, I'm just saying, I, I was going to just say yeah. that you know in some ways for you it, there might be a truth about finishing that didn't have to do with your dad. Saying, I'm just saying you might have had something in you that did have trouble finishing and your dad was here as an angel telling you this is no, going to be an that's, issue that's for a, you no, I don't
4: know the devil <laughs> dad is an angel <laughs> you, see it, you see it in sort of Kabbalistic terms of, uh, God, Satan is the, universe, the energy the universe, that opposes I'm your goal the
3: universe no. finds a way to give you a message sometimes it doesn't no, no. No. Okay, <laughs> if I believed any of that, I would not
2: believe that the universe waits until you're about to turn fifty and then give you a message you really could have used thirty four years earlier.
5: <laughs>
0: no, uh, Dylan's dad has a way oh, of making okay. Dylan not feel okay. like uh, the fine, wealthy uh, being. And is. I
3: obviously do not know the backstory. It's it's fine. Uh, uh, but but
0: but I, but I so so it's interesting. So insight can give you energy to. Reinvent yourself. And, and you know, here we are, all of us on the panel here. I mean, you know, we are people who are uh, in the middle age category. Well, you know, I mean, I basically at 35, you're technically middle age, but you know, and so this is when, you know, reinvention happens for a lot of people they kind of wake up in their life and they never pursued the life that they wanted or you know or the the dreams they put their dreams on the back burner or something and and they they reinvent their life you know some of them reinvented the place where they like leave their family and buy a motorcycle <laughs> and go to Cuba uh but but we're all people in this room who in one way or another have pursued that life that most people put on the back burner. But
3: forgot to maybe be responsible. Yes. <laughs> Which is all another way of reinvention. Yes. Of saying I'm going to be creative, but also see if I can be... Yeah, I mean, oh, no. I absolutely. It's which
4: hemisphere you employ for it. Mm. We're right hemisphere dominant people. It's that that's our lobster claw. Yeah, and then the little old poor little pinchy guy on the on the <laughs> left here is having to do all the memorization and pay all the bills, and it burns out because one has been so rewarding that it it just overgrows and dominates.
5: Yeah,
0: yeah.
4: And uh, the practical, we're not practically sighted people. That no, way. no. Th- uh, it's just how much energy you have in a day, and when you move forward. All the practical stuff is all backward loading data mm. collection and nothing more. It just collects data and repeats it like an iPhone.
3: Well, you I know, even and know, I don't know what that I, sentence means, Rick. What does that mean? Backwards loading data.
4: Backwards loading. Every, your memory isn't uh-huh. from the future. It's uh-huh. everything from backwards mm-hmm. in your life to this second, to where the needle's on the record this moment, but not the ahead most in the song. Imagination the most recent is, goes is, the other way and goes ahead the whole time. It's the exact opposite oh, direction oh, way it goes. I see. What could be. What might be. Always inventing. That's right. They're exactly... They're,
3: always inventing. Uh, always. Polar, uh, well, I mean, we, we would be dead if we
0: weren't always inventing. Uh, but I mean, yeah. the, the whole business money thing and the artist money thing is something I'm actually trying to reinvent in my life right now. Because, you know, one of the things about being a, a creative person is, is... Meaning is really important. You know, you assign meaning to everything. I mean, we do this work because we're, we're, we're meaning, meaning makers. It's what we do. Yes. And one of the things I figured out this week is that I assign a lot of meaning to money. And and business and success and and meaning that has has a lot of political meaning and and a lot of spiritual meaning and I have a lot of ideas about it. You know, money's bad for you and it makes you greedy and it's the you know, root of all evil and all that kind of stuff. And then I like I had this insight, I'm like, what if I just detached all meaning from this thing like the bill comes you put it in the pay the bill pile and when the date comes you pay the bill and there's not a lot of meaning to it it's just what it is and it helps me so much to like suck my artist brain out of it and just make it what it is which is it's an exchange of currency we are all
2: deeply invested so to speak in a capitalist system we were we were we were we grew up in it and and there's no getting out of it. It's, it's hard to see past the fabric of it. And capitalism, like any other ism, has to do with judgment. Racism, we judge based on race. And sexism, we judge based on gender. And in capitalism, we judge others and ourselves based on our capital. Yep. It's the basic... Uh,
0: it's a huge filter that we are just like you said we're fish in water basically we we can't even see it
2: very difficult to see and some people judge harshly for the amount of capital people have and some people judge harshly for the amount that they don't have yes and the the specifics of the judgment are different for everybody yeah but it's really tied into self-esteem and interaction and all sorts of crap
0: well and, and speaking of capitalism i mean this is one of the things that our particular culture and society right now is grappling with is reinventing capitalism. That it doesn't seem to be working as well as well as it was maybe for the majority or a good amount of people like it was forty years ago. I think actually say.
2: we used up capitalism and now we're reinventing feudalism. Ah, is the uh. problem?
0: Oh, re- so say more about that.
2: Well, I think I think capitalism yeah. naturally grew out of feudalism, mm-hmm. and if it follows its natural evolutionary course. Uh, and it eventually turns into something more akin to socialism that the the capital of a culture becomes something that is more and more useful to everybody, which was beginning to happen right uh, w- w- but uh, if it's left unfettered, which is what happened with all the deregulation, right, then it naturally declines back toward feudalism mm-hmm. and
4: monarchy. Uh, well, and monarchy yeah. is very cleverly renamed itself in the land of capitalism as CEOs and things like that. But the <laughs> distance between a lower-end mailroom guy and the CEO of a place would be that of pharaoh and slave. Yeah,
2: yeah. Is, or it, it, it miles becoming between. Or way. ruler and, and, and serf. And we start surf, to see it yeah, you know, Eastern Europe. The whole point of coming out of, of Europe, we are told, right. was that we wanted to get away from the religious – Oppression, uh, and we wanted to get away from the systems of monarchy, whereby they said that God had decided who would lead. And yet, every four years, presidential candidates are coming out and saying, "Well, I have to run because God told me
3: to." Didn't <laughs> <laughs> we just leave that? No, we went away not, from that. Were we trying bullshit. to reinvent something by coming here? And not only that, the families are actually related. I mean, we see we uh-huh. we yeah. yeah, ended yeah. up Thank with you, you know right. four families it's the same that dynasties. continue to you know, be in those positions. The Lucky Sperm Club. Yes, the Lucky Sperm (laughs) Club. Or unlucky. I mean, you Uh, know, the other thing, you know, the other weird (laughs) shift in the picture is like... As it goes on and it becomes more predetermined who can be there, yes. and the, as you say, the distance between the mailroom and the CEO is so enormous, mm-hmm. um, it becomes so unappealing to be there also. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, the other shift that's happening. It's like, in a way, it's like who really doesn't want to be president? I mean, I know people want to be, yeah. but less people want to be. I mean, it does not – kids don't look at the president anymore it, and go, what an amazing job. It's I'd not a job anyone that. wants. But, right? but so, they, sh- yeah. they
2: still want to yeah, okay. be rich.
3: Yes, yes, that they, they do. do. They still do still want to be rich, yeah. but they don't all want to make the sacrifices. That's
2: correct. They want passive income.
3: They want passive income <laughs> or passive- aggressive, aggressive income. <laughs> it's like, it's like, or some kids, you know, there is a different acceptance of a non-material. I mean the. I mean, the landscape is changing so radically. I mean, there's this huge, huge 1% that because it's not even the 1%, this is the fact of the matter. It's the 0.01%. point oh one percent This is, you know, yeah, such it's such a small percent. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much appealing about the, and this is the long view mm-hmm. is the, you talked in your piece, which was so beautiful about letting go of stuff and making mm-hmm. of space. Well, that just doesn't happen if you have a lot of money. It doesn't. Happen. yeah. You know, you think you can buy space. You think you're buying the fourth house. You think you're buying this beautiful <laughs> nice. thing. You yeah. know, at the beginning, I remember being 18 or whatever, you know. Is I need when a- you were buying your fourth house? Yes. <laughs> and being, I needed a loft. <laughs> you know, as I'm an artist, I need a loft. I need space to make my art. That's where it starts. I need space to make my art. And, you know, even, you know, given the space in the wrong location, I was like, oh, wait, it's not the space. It's where the space is. And I had to learn that lesson twice in my life. It's yeah. where you are, not how much space you have. Yeah.
0: It's true. It really is the space between your ears, you know, is is
3: this important space. And where are you
0: putting that in? I mean,
3: life is still life. Yes, it's like true. It's the space between your ears. But like, who are you actually in contact with? Yes. People are... You know, people are the embodied spirits. Mm-hmm. So you choose to travel and attract certain people around you. So I don't know. I've now I'm just talking.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's fine. That's beautiful. That's part of what we're here no, for. No, and
3: I could keep going. And, <laughs> and,
0: and, 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 but I just want to circle around a little bit to just, to finish up this capitalism idea and this, and this uh, feudalism and, and this, these interesting times we live where there is uh aware there's a bunch of things going on there are people in the old guard pr- wanting to protect the old system and see it going away and there it's basically the you know the a white male elite establishment you know sees that the bohemian grove parties are going to get smaller and smaller each year <laughs> and uh and and then there is this this new generation coming up where which i just love you know they were they did this survey, survey about, and this isn't about capitalism, but they did a survey about, uh, y- young kids, you know, like 15 to 25 or something like that in all walks of religion and life and everything. And this huge majority of them do not see gay marriage or homosexuality as an issue at all. I and mean, even the most devout, the, the ones who were, like grow up in these devout Christian homes, even it's like, there's just a different level of thinking. And, and so there's like all this thinking percolating up from, from the youth also. And, and so my, my, question is, I mean, like 10 years ago, I was really into the concept of like conscious evolution, and we're going to consciously evolve our minds and consciously evolve our culture. And yet I see also that so much of this reinvention of a civilization just
3: happens. But it doesn't, you know, uh, that's true. It just happens. But the word, you know, I'm so with you. And the word consciousness, I realized I was saying it a lot also, like Mm -hmm. consciousness, blah, blah, with the conscious comedy and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I was like, what is consciousness? Like, could I actually define consciousness? What is mindfulness? And I looked up the word and I looked up the etymology and I started to realize that consciousness is the, you know, prefix con, which is with, Mm -hmm. and shus is a word meaning science, you know, Mm -hmm. comes from the word science. So consciousness is really, Really, the science of withness. Hmm. And so, you know, to say that we are essentially, this is our essential thing on earth right now is the raising of consciousness. Yes. In whatever messy way we're doing it. Right. That, that. Essentially, we're learning to be connected. And that means to be connected, whether it's spirit or if you, you know, whatever. I know Rick's job to of, get no, in it's here. It's one of the
4: big glitches of the 1970s version of spirituality, which is all prosperity consciousness, which is all draw, and take in. Generation. And it was yeah. all about how everything gearing all reverses and feeds me. Mm-hmm. And everyone was beginning to Ayn Rand out a little bit and detach from the fact that they're all brothers and sisters in this ride. The 60s knew that. It was the brilliant way of pulling the 60s gently away from the hands hands of the people who did
0: it
4: very slowly like indiana jones putting the bag of sand (laughs) on the balance as he takes the statue (laughs) off we don't know we're just walking around with a bag of sand as a culture we have entirely lost track of anything
2: that looks like the value of work Mm. work is to be avoided work is to be finished and then we are able to retire there is no nobility in uh, working
3: Yes no, we, I yeah. feel like and we live to, in a workaholic culture And that's the only no, thing that matters No, but I think matters. it's an empty
0: It's an empty sense of work Because the workaholism is to feed Is to feed to get the fourth house There's no actual appreciation Of the journey of work
2: Yeah, the, and, no pride he, in the craft to, Of what to you did in that thing it seems a little bit communist Yes. to
3: suggest that,
2: that <laughs> I don't it might be that. normal. Just really?
3: I'm a, not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I haven't experienced that. Maybe I could be deluded and living in a dream world. Uh, I, I don't, haven't experienced it. I think it, most people are very disconnected
0: from their sense and experience of it, work huh. hmm. and, and that what work essentially does, because I think a lot of people are stuck in cubicles Working for a machine mm. that doesn't ultimately feed, they, that they know consciously or unconsciously is not really feeding the good of the planet in some way. Loyalty to a company. And
3: they're ashamed of it. That, that was different. Away. Well, that's because yeah. the company stopped being loyal to the workplace. Exactly. Loyalty and that to a farm exactly. has gone away. Yeah. Yeah,
2: there's, all it is is about exchange for money and healthcare. well
3: yeah. there's so much though. People, you know, maybe you're right. I mean, my impression has been lately that there's so many of us. Oh, do other, your impression?
2: I love it when you do impression. Yeah, never my
3: impression on the impression on me ever once. Um, I have to think of one, but. Is that you know? There's so many the creative class, mm-hmm. if for lack of a better, you know, the, what they call the creative class. Yeah, so huge. And well, that, it's like, being whittled down now.
4: It's being substantially. Is it it's just the, everybody... the herd is being culled? Uh, because uh, in in Hollywood right now, there's lots of productions up and down the boulevard. They're all paying hundred dollars a day. They're ultra low budget. That there's no living in it because it's all been sent to Georgia, <gasps> right. to, Show me to one uh, comic. Louisiana. Show me one comic who's out working the road every week barely making ends meet, who feels successful.
3: hmm mm-hmm. Well, I'm not saying money to – but I'm just saying – The I th-
4: creative class is being cut down, but it's making less people want to enter it.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: But like, I'm yeah, talking but, about but, even like web designers. Yeah, and- I, and I agree with Beth. I think
0: there's a lot of creativity accessible through technology right now. And I think this is part of a, a great breakthrough that, that, our, uh, that our culture is having. I think because our, our capitalistic and economy, e- economical systems are in a major flux right now, it you know the cream hasn't quite risen to the top yet you know I mean it'll it'll be, I think you know the creatives ultimately I think good work does get uh rewarded ultimately but uh,
3: it's true the financial system has broken down but I it mean, has yes people, I mean are... look at the music business yes I mean, it, are and are everything scrambling. Is, That's and it's sure it's That's
0: reinvention on good. every level
2: yeah. well, I think the idea that good work gets. Uh, rewarded eventually mm-hmm. is one of the myths on which we are spoon fed, really, to keep us
4: from demanding reward. I would compare ah. it with Las Vegas. Make the dome guy, the guy watching up in the room with the dome cam, goes. Give Granny on uh, on B sixteen <laughs> a victory right now. Why? Look at the people across from her; they're about to walk away. Give those other guys hope again. It's
3: yeah, ding ding I, ding, I, ding ding I, ding. I, granny I, gets the bucket well, the of cream nickels. rises, but so does the shit. Was what was said to well, me. Well, shit floats, in my life. right? Yeah. Shit floats
0: also, and and there's a lot of shit out there. Yeah.
2: Um, I know people who are doing great work all the damn time and don't know how to market themselves.
0: Yes, I, the, I mean, I'm not saying that you're going to be handed from above the reward necessarily. It's a, it's it is a different World that we are, um, that we are having to find ways to reward ourselves. But I do think that the system, in some way, organizes or tries to organize itself around things that attract attention and are attracting. You know, sometimes it's the shit. But then I look at someone like Chris Hardwick, who I think is a great guy, smart guy, funny, and you know he's. He's He just followed his passion about being a nerd. I tell nerd. you, I
3: asked him, I said, I really admire... Because, you know, building on cabaret and sort of going back in to mm-hmm. try to build it more... In a more expansive way, and I said to him, I so admire what you've been able to do. What's like, if you could say, like, what was the one thing that you know was your, tri- you know, yeah, what, what was your
0: what's the magic of what's nerdist the magic industries? Of how you built
3: it, and he said, You know, people just kept offering to do stuff, and I just said yes to them. Mm-hmm. No, that might have been glib, and that might have been him not wanting to, but I just thought that was so interesting. It's just like building something that people just wanted to naturally be a part of and just saying oh and the trick is always to be like have a vision and have it be strong enough and not be controlling and you know. And there and,
0: is luck involved. And luck. There you know. is luck involved. Yeah. I mean, especially in this business. I mean my dad used to talk about that. People are always like, Oh, you're so prolific and so hard working and my dad said, And lucky. Yeah. I was a lucky. That wasn't man. him just
3: being humble and not wanting to take No, he really felt – there
0: I think I mean I, I think there is an element of luck in life. And your dad uh, I
2: understand he was in the business, right? I yes, uh, my briefly. Un- your your dad <laughs> loved the
0: work. Yes, he did. Your dad uh, And it was all about the work yeah, for him.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. He did not he did not die a multi-billionaire no. he did not find additional revenue streams and passive income <laughs> and all that nonsense. Although
0: t-shirt money on the road was good sure and he, he never worked but, right. His life right
2: <laughs> but but he did the work and he loved the, he work, did the work and it, there was a nobility and
0: it, it. and and absolutely there was a nobility about it. and 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 one of my mentors and and a good friend and all of our good friend Paul Prevenza has really been teaching me that lately that you remember Kelly it's about the work dig deeper into the work and you will find gold there like that that's where the reward will come and then the reward from the outside world shows up also and 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 it is true um uh, one of the things that we were talking about earlier about the eye of the '60s, the eye consciousness that became the greedy eye, the eye of I want more and more, and yeah. therefore I've taken everything from everyone. It started hungry with the hungry me. eye. It, I, so, it actually literally started at the hungry eye, eye in San Francisco, <laughs> 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 and with Mort Saul on stage, I believe, and uh, oh. Phyllis Diller. Uh, but I, you know, the thing about it's what I love about the kind of the comings and goings and the and the pendulum swing of culture and reinvention itself, I believe, anything new, is that, you know, with any new breakthrough in a culture, and and during the 60s, there was the good part about the I that happened was that people went inward into their own consciousness, they started looking inward and saying, what is this I? Who is this I? And there was a lot of turning inward that had been built upon in, in the last 100 years from people like Freud and Jung and these other human potential people. And then, of course, what always happens with anything is it then we get we do too much of it. And when we do too much of it, it gets out of balance. You and-
4: detach. You lose the radar that senses your neighbors around you. Right. And then you so become that person the at Whole Foods. Right who leaves the cart perpendicular in the aisle while I read every fucking ingredient because I'm done saving others. Now I'm just here to work on me. It's
0: so true. I have to check
4: for the 25
0: allergies that I have. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and, like, and so and it's the all we, good. Right. You're just
4: leaving out tons of other data right. so at the, the same the, time. And
0: so clearly yes. on the planet, we are getting from every institution the, the 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 reinvention that needs to happen is we need to move from an I level of consciousness to more of a we consciousness and then and then of course they call that socialism nowadays but socialism
4: is what every other prey species would refer to as a herd.
0: Right, exactly. And
4: and (laughs) when people say they don't like socialism, I'll tell you who doesn't like a herd. Who? (laughs) A predator doesn't like a herd. (laughs) Fucking predator. Stop making the predator happy. It's not about what the wolf wants, okay, you stupid fucking sheep.
0: (laughs) And and the wolf will get its it's dinner,
4: you know, but ultimately, you know. Man, that's codependent. Sheep trying to make the fucking wolf happy. That's...
5: (laughs)
2: Hey, oh
4: copies! Hey, oh copies! Come here, come here. The lions don't want us hanging out in a group. Spread out! No, 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 you don't understand. Spread out! <laughs> the sheep says, but wait, but wait. Did Jesus said we should follow him because he's the shepherd? And I go, hey, do you know what shepherds do to sheep? <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> the shepherd well, and the wolf are competing for what's ultimately gonna happen. that's to another you. show. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know? Don't you think one of the big things is the just you're talking about this, and I'm just thinking, but the herd's too big. Like uh, since I was thirteen, Who yeah, it there, to the, call the, it, we, there is, there I is, know, a, the, we are doing it ourselves because this we yes, is, I think, we Gaia, Gaia will cu- call this and herd this is, down. Like, trust me, since Gaia, Gaia was will. So young, I just keep looking. You know, don't they see? It's like the one problem. Yeah, the, if there it weren't is. so many people. Every other problem would go. The 405 away.
0: would be perfect. It, I, exactly. I have
3: yeah. this
2: theory. That mm-hmm. humanity is here do it? as cells in this larger earth organism. Mm-hmm. Right. That building the internet was our primary job. Ah. We, you know, we, now we, we're done. We have, to, we have to sort of move the sugar from the one place to the other and right. transform it into energy, you right. know, because that's what the cells do. Like little in the ants being. or whatever, And yeah. then you create the big thinking thing. And right now the earth itself is just coming alive and it's thinking a lot about things like, you know.
4: Oh, and we're after birth. In, and, and yeah, humans are just after birth, exactly. and it just, just breaks through. Once we're on done, mind. the
2: Earth will go on thinking about low mortgages and how to improve its penis size all by <laughs> itself without our help.
0: And laugh at kitties. Yes. we <laughs> watch cute kittens. it look at
2: cute animals. And, and we
4: hope that the Earth downloaded all the right info, and doesn't just Earth, just has, has a big dick protruding out <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know? Oh, you know what be I have Never land
4: on Earth. You have to be careful coming in, you know?
0: <laughs> well, those what are I, all the rockets, guys. Yeah, I mean,
3: I think that's such an intriguing idea, Bispo. I mean, the cartoon part of it is funny, obviously, but that Earth is itself part of a cosmology, Mm -hmm. that Earth fulfills some... I mean, I do keep yeah. thinking about this. Like, what part? What what part of the cosmic scheme is the evolution of Earth, like, yeah. fulfilling that we are? I once heard somebody say, and I, I I gather that you are not into the universal force or whatever. But you know why you can still is, be in it, but into it. You know what? <laughs> what I heard somebody say: If you are here now, like you volunteered to be here, right? Which I think is such an intriguing idea, and it's like, what is the evolution that? We're helping Earth, which I think is the major player. Like, I think Earth is such a major player. What are we helping Earth do yeah, I th- in the cosmic scheme? Yeah, I think it's
0: a great perspective. Yeah. It's a fascinating perspective to step into uh, because it does shift your, like – your life purpose. It makes you think about what, well, how am I participating yes. in this? You know, and I mean, that's, that is the Gaia hypothesis. Uh, Jean Houston, who's an amu- amazing teacher, human. She's like one of the people who started the human potential movement, basically. And she talks about Earth as basically this, you know, this little planet and this side galaxy spinning around. You know, she does the whole cosmology part of it, right. but she calls it like Hogwarts. She feels like it's, it's, it has the potential to be like a Hogwarts. Like we could, if we like really get how powerful our brains are, because she's very much into uh-huh. she did a bunch of LSD studies with early, early on in the early sixties oh, in Harvard. <laughs> no, she was actually giving it to other people and studying oh, their minds. Is less fun. But she has she so she you really that, right? and she's fascinated by human potential itself and how it can. Really, truly reinvent itself in in any moment through uh, through using the capabilities that we actually have that we don't use because we're eating hagandas and you watching know American the, Idol. What you're
3: saying the mind and the human potential on the mind, but I am always struck by the fact that in the anagram world of language. Earth and heart are anagrams. Uh huh. So you know, when we're so mind oriented So are Newt Gingrich and Twinge Grinch. But I'm talking yeah. know about Earth the might mo- be a chakra. Yes, You're, but I'm talking about chakra. what I'm saying. It's There's something blue, called the, like the new sphere. Gut chakra, third out. Blue <laughs> gut yellow gut wrecked um, blue hearts, no, blue Heart's voice. Blue.
0: Right. Yeah. voice. Mm. Oh, see, we're Sorry, we're we're, in, we're doing chakra colors don't here. Get me in chakra people, get your though. Louise. You people, help? get just, your Louise. Hey, page But you know
3: what? It's important. It's a good point because I'm just counting the, them up. Blue earth voice chakra. I mean, there's so much about. In the Bible. in the Bible you know whether you believe in it literally or not God created the world is such a big huge meme you know that mm-hmm. the word is I'm the sorry thing.
2: in the Bible whether you believe in it or not as though, <laughs> as though that makes it right whether you no. believe in it or not God created the earth, no, I mean, it's the earth. Also, well, whether you uh, think uh, it's <laughs> the
3: word whether you think it's people understanding life or whether it's this divine whether God wrote it are those my only options it. or it's, yeah, yeah. no it's a, whether it's a novel that people have enjoyed for a long time <laughs> but it's lasted you have to say it's a book that has lasted <laughs>
4: and there's been sequels and there's been sequels <laughs> follow-up books uh, really it's uh, we
3: ignore idea that, that as word. As, certainly as a writer you would say words do create reality I do yes. in fact
2: I was thinking about a minute ago exactly that point which is that if we wanted the the, the, the the consciousness of Earth to expand, the overall consciousness of humanity to expand, we have to stop giving in to the anti-intellectualism that has become so prevalent. Yes. The, the, I, Dick Cavett would not be able to have a talk show now. <laughs> this no.
0: is very true. Because he
2: sometimes used three-syllable words.
0: Right. Yeah, yes. yes. I, we're at
4: the end of Dummy Phase.
0: Oh, this think? is this is oh, yeah. good news, boy! I hope yeah, yeah.
4: so. Please I give mean, us the, the theory when shows of this. like Arrested Development are suddenly reappearing on TV, it means there was a demand for that. Mm-hmm. The fact that Netflix is making such smart—that means so, the pockets are arising again. Going, we hate what you did to us. You betrayed us, Big Three, and uh, well, other people have made so many, uh, yeah, like, like yeah. so many bad things. Yeah, like like some people feel betrayed by Fox News's bad election calls. Now that they, they've had a hemorrhage since it then is of true, listeners, yeah. and I think a lot of that. It was the betrayal slap-in-the-face wake-up call that's making him look for another... They're not all going to make it. Not all the turtles make it to the ocean. Yeah. But uh, enough of them will that I think you're going to start to see an outpouring in every direction from all the things. And eventually... When you pour out and you get the other data, which is the whole point of the make them stupid is make them not want to go to the other data. Make them right. hate the people who said it. Right. But keep them away from the truth. And don't think it undermines the team. Don't so, think. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, it's backfiring because of the election.
0: And I always think about this, too, that, you know, I think about our culture as I think about people, you know, having been trained as a therapist and thinking about what it takes for people to change and what it's taken in my own life to change. You know, reinvention within your own life takes – a, awareness that there's an issue. B, some idea that I have to take responsibility for what I turned my life into. I made choices. Conscious or not, I made choices. And then three, or C, whichever you like, uh, some sense of conscious discipline and, and an act that goes against our addictive obsessive behavior in order to change direction. And and I think it's easy for, I mean, it's difficult for individuals to change. I know right now I'm working on losing some weight. And so today was like the second day where my quantity is a little bit less, but I have to consciously really, you know, the craving comes up and I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to walk away and you know, I'll have a little snack of almonds or whatever, but I have to think about it. It is hard to understand how a culture can, you know, take responsibility for itself and change direction. And one of the things I think that is fascinating about the tea partiers. Yes, I'll get to you in a minute, ma'am. The tea partiers in this bigger conversation is I think their voice about like the debt, um, you know, whether it's, you know, subterfuge for, you know, their own agenda or anything like that. I think there is a conversation that needs to be had in our culture around personal responsibility around debt, around how we treat our bodies and ourselves and and of course you know the environment and everything. And I my concern always is that if it's so hard for an individual to reinvent themselves and to change the direction of their life, how the f- Fuck! Are we going to get billions of people to do
3: it? Yes. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> well I, look, and focus I
4: think... on the things where we're being lied to intentionally, and that's what comedians do. They go after lies, political comics, and just social comics. We go after the great social so, lies. So comedians so we're breaking jobs down the
3: mechanics
4: are about that feed The mistruth to the people to right. keep them on a. So whip.
3: you're here to right to help to we're raise awareness. We attack the virus. Right. Right. Well, and I also think I mean it's beautiful what you said, and I think this is what the giant you personally change if we don't each personally change the giant change can't come we can't blame you know those and i think you left out number four pleased to tell which, me because i love everything you said but mm-hmm. there is a fourth thing which is willingness to be in pain yes i mean there thank is you. A thank you pain. Yeah. you have to be willing to be in pain you have to have faith that pain will pass, you have to know you're strong enough for pain, you have to love pain you ha- i mean I you know I have just gone through such a huge you know life complete reinvention, reinvention. <laughs> truly and you know, and there are nights I was just so in so much physical pain, just lying in bed, just like thinking I would explode in pain mm-hmm. and I didn't. When that and- happens, call
2: me because my <laughs> wife and I aren't doing anything really.
3: Feels good. <laughs> They'll spoon you. That was exciting. You. I mean, it is. It's an exciting time because it is the it is the pain it, of birth. It is
0: a beautiful a beautiful point, Beth, and it is so true because this culture does everything to avoid, avoid
3: pain. Pain.
0: We we stuff our mouths, we stuff our ears, our eyes with anything to avoid feeling. Those things that we think are going to kill us. Or even
2: mild discomfort. Yes. Or mild discomfort. We can't, yeah, even. We can't even take it. We
0: can't, we can't do it, anything. Like, you know, if someone doesn't hurry up and merge on the freeway for a nanosecond, it's like, you know, hey, fuck you. Da, da, da. It's like, mm-hmm. really? You don't have three seconds to just pause and let a car in. It's like Louis's
4: bit about the internet on an airliner. Yes. Yeah.
0: I love that.
4: Louis CK has a yeah. great bit about that. Damn it. The Wi-Fi's down on the fucking airliner. Like, you fucking infant. Yeah. You're going 600 Where's- miles an hour in a miracle machine. Yeah. They're feeding you food. Until
3: you can rest. I'm like, oh, when could I be on a plane where I don't have to, like... Where's you my know, remote I saw- control? I had a thought. Where's my remote control? I heard my thoughts <laughs> for a second. Yes, Yes. Yes. I saw some Hasidic Jews the other day for Passover walking around with the hats and going to synagogue, and I thought... I'd love to be a Hasidic Jew. It was so <laughs> relaxing. And I built up this whole thing where I'd have sa- – I was really like – I was like, you know, it's not too late. Sex and- for a sheet. I could do that. I knew it. And then I realized I was fantasizing about being a Hasidic man. Yes. yes. Of course. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing is – I mean that's why I think I wrote my piece today <laughs> is because you have to take – a the, the be the willing to take the space to be the hasidic jew in your life which yeah. is to not use the electricity yeah. if you don't want to after yeah. sundown or whatever it is and 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 then, yes, things th- things will happen. And the first thing that will happen is that you will see every crazy fucking thought in your head that you've ever had when this when you actually sit down and become still.
3: And if you're a comedian or a writer and you want to go through this, it is awful because you stop having anything. I mean I went through a period I was like, oh, I have, not, I have so much to say but I can't say any of it because I'm just sort of understanding my own cra- – I mean, it Plus it's
2: just- my turn in words with friends. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, I know. I ne- I ha- you know, I have a line that I just – well, I've never crossed it. I was just like I backed away from I that, don't that one myself. Play, I don't. I've never played one game. I my first, you know, BlackBerry. I had the the one the eating game Uh and i was like no that is it i have the rule
0: well see i i had to words with
3: friends which looks fun
0: i had to give up just because dylan brody would kick my ass every time he's a man of words and it just becomes i just was like i'm a i'm a woman of words and i was just filled with shame deep shame at my lack of ability to make 128 fucking point word i'm sorry i'm not over it (laughs) (laughs) apparently One time
2: I made quince on a triple letter word. One time I made quince on a. Tri-
0: I-
3: that is amazing, though. That's a moment to relish forever.
0: But, uh, clearly, I, I, I do. But I want to go back to your point, Beth, because it's so great. Because uh-huh. uh, reinvention is terrifying.
3: Because you have to face what isn't working, and you have to be pushed. You have to, you know, you have to know in your heart that I tell you. And as a writer, I just felt like this is the simple truth. I was like, I'm not in my story. Mm. I'm not in my real story. I'm not, my life is not my story. And I don't know any other way to say it. And I don't know if you weren't a writer, if that would mean anything to you, Mm -hmm. but things were not unfolding in the way that a story unfolds anymore.
0: Well, and I think people can relate to that. Even if you're not a writer, it's that you feel like you're not connected to the flow of whatever that is, you know?
2: And you can't always reinvent people. The, what people imagine is that a reinvention is, I want to be that. Yes. So now I will turn into that. Right. And in my experience, I, I had a huge reinvention that took me about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um And it, it was a, a, a huge event in my life. It was a change in who my basic who I am. Yes. Changed. And who I wound up being had nothing to do with what the original decisions were that yep. happened. Yep. It was just, this isn't working. I have to do something else. Yeah.
4: You can't some, always look like Bowie.
3: Each, exactly. Each, <laughs> sometimes each so just, I also I, found that. It was yeah. very disappointing. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes I'll walk to a place I used to drive to. It's a real small change, but that's my reinvention. It the it's the walking Rick now. Yeah.
0: But but it's true. We're not in charge of it either. I mean, life... Unf- I and mean, that's the thing is, I think in this country, we are sold the myth that you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you can become the vision you have of yourself. And, you know, God forbid, if someone builds a fucking other their vision board or something you know but the reality is is that i was
2: told i need a vision board so i put one up in my office and i hope one will ma- manifest now <laughs> just yeah. a picture of one my, my vision office. dart board <laughs> <laughs> a picture Tom. of a vision board in my office and i look at it and i <laughs> imagine <laughs> what it would be like to have and the
0: reality is it takes way longer than you think it's going to take yes it's, a, it's, it's way messier than you ever think it's going to be and it does you don't end up where at all where you where you imagine because life happens to us also there's a lot of factors in a life and we walk around in this kind of bag of flesh and bones and mind and think i'm in charge of this and we're not and
4: you are up to the degree you can be in the midst of everyone else's butterfly effect yes
3: beautiful yes yes, yes. we're Agreed. all the butterfly and we're all being affected
4: yep
0: yeah caterpillar we had the butterfly we had the pot in between with okay, the mushy is an pot amazing
3: metaphor with the butterfly thing which ah, okay darn. check this out when, you know, you think there's a cocoon and then the butterfly comes out of the cocoon, but between the caterpillar and mm-hmm. the butterfly, yeah. nothingness. Yeah. The yeah. Ca- mushy the, part, I call it. It's called like the <laughs> ami- <laughs> amino soup of, you know, it's like it's just the caterpillar dissolves into an amino soup and there literally is this nothing. And the void. i heard a recording mm. of it. Mm. There's this, I don't know if she was an artist or a scientist or a scientist artist, there should be a word for this, but. Um, there's a record and it's so loud it's like these recordings of the universe when you hear the universe just going well, like- I think it's
2: probably amplified <laughs> yes yeah. but I it's mean- <laughs> yes <laughs>
4: <laughs> Spring in the woods is
5: <laughs> definite! Oh my god!
4: Could you imagine? Yeah.
5: <laughs> Don't <let me> laugh.
3: <laughs> I hate nature! The
0: Shut the fuck it, up and to asleep! Well, and it's what I call the liminal. I mean, I've talked yeah, so about we've this. We've talked
3: about the liminal. We love that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. is.
0: It is yeah. that space, and it is. And I feel like we are, as a culture <laughs> and as a civilization, as a species, yes we're in this liminal space right now it's kind of the old is is dying and it's but it's not quite working anymore the new hasn't quite emerged yet we don't know what the hell is going to happen next and we're in this like ucky mushy loud (laughs) (laughs) void of a like what the hell is going on part of it right now and it's (sighs) it's scary when
3: you're in the hallway sweep the hallway Ah, that, That's some advice I once heard. That would be the Zen. It sounds when very you're in Zen. in the hallway, sweep the hallway. You know, you can't be in the other room, the room, if you're still in the hallway. Right, right. You just take care of the hallway, and eventually you'll be in the room or not. You don't know. You might end up living in the hall. You might be a janitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have these cats. Yeah. When do, I they was... have,
4: do they have dental? <laughs>
3: Well I had these I was when one of my temporary moves between you know there and here here and there I was living in this place and there were these cats beautiful cats but they would Put their paws under the door. And I guess cats do the reaching. That, yeah. And so the th- and then I take pity on them. You know, I was like desperate to find out what's in the room. What's in the room? <laughs> and the, I was in this place in my life where I was like, what's in the future? What's in the oh, future? Yeah. What's paw? gonna happen? Yeah, so I would great. open the door, thinking, oh, I'm taking pity on the poor cats. Here's what's in the room. And as soon as I would open the door, they would run, uh-huh. run as fast <laughs> as they could. And I'm like, I'm, this is like the, this is whatever it is. The future, God, whatever. <laughs> right. Opening the door saying, and here it is And you can't take You it. can't it <laughs> you, know, you can't you, handle you, it You're not always ready When you, To see what you want to see yeah. Jojo Precious Tiger Kitty The cat
2: who could tell time Used to wonder What it was That my wife and I did Out in the hallway All day long <laughs> He was convinced We went out there And there was this Little space of hallway And we, it, when we got home He would want to know What was out there He would go out And he would look around What, what did you do Out here all day
3: <laughs> he, he didn't even know You went further <laughs> But yeah No this, but
2: this is not that
3: interesting What were you doing?
2: All day you were out here <laughs>
3: But he could tell time.
2: Oh yeah, he could tell time. He he, he, did. did, Do you not heard? Joe. Do you guys know about JoJo Precious Tiger? No, tell us about JoJo Precious. uh, We discovered my wife. Chrono cat. What chrono cat? Yeah, he used to. My wife got up at four thirty every day to go to work, and on weekends he would wake her up at four thirty and say wow wow wow, which we attributed to. An animal's ability to stay on schedule. And one weekend on Friday night, she said to him, I don't need to go to work tomorrow, Joe. If I sleep until 9, you can wake me up. And uh, we were asleep and Joe said, wow. And Nancy woke up and said, wow. And I said, what? And she'd look at the clock and it was (laughs) 9 o'clock. So we started doing experiments. And for months on weekends we would give him different times to try. And he would do like seven thirty, he could do eight o'clock, he could oh do my God. he could do six fifty-four. <laughs> and Nancy was convinced Airlines can't nail it yeah. like that. <laughs> Nancy was convinced that it wasn't that he could actually tell actually tell time, but that she was imagining the image on the digital clock oh, and he, he, he was picking the up the image. That's what wow. they said. Because Somehow that's more sensible than that he could tell time. <laughs> right. But he it was it was an amazing thing. And then finally he got very sick and we were just going, Okay, oh. we, we're gonna have to put him down. We'll have, to, we'll have to put him down and one night we came home we were supposed to have an appointment for the next day but we came home and he was just not working right so we i he he, he hadn't been telling time properly for weeks and <laughs> i drove to the to the vet and nancy held him in the car and he purred in her lap and then i sat on the bench and petted him and he purred while she talked to the doctor and then we handed him to the doctor to take into the room to set him up and the doctor came right back and said that he had died on the table saving us fifty dollars because he always knew the right time. <laughs> oh,
5: wow. Wow. He was that's a great beautiful. cat. He was a beautiful Aww. animal.
2: He was a genius cat.
4: Well, that's I, a connection. I yeah. want that
0: for Ned, oh boy, too. Oh boy. I want that for Ned. I want Ned to tell time properly. He, Instead, he gets up that, at 5.30 tried? a.m. and barks. Maybe,
2: have you he may be saying, let me die, let me die. I've let been me telling die. him. Please Did You ever hear about the stupid,
4: the stupid guy with the counting horse at the county fair? No. And so he goes... uh All right, this is Trigger the Counting Horse. So, uh, give me something for him to add up. Three plus three. All right, Trigger. Here we go. Three plus three. (laughs) Come on. You're doing good. (laughs) (laughs)
2: do you know know my favorite old Russian folk joke do you know my old Russian folk joke okay we're doing joke jokes Uh, today uh, 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 a guy sees that there's a carnival in town and he goes to see the carnival and there's a little side show he's very excited about the side show and he walks past you know the, the alligator boy and the limbless fat lady and all that and a couple of people looking at each one and he gets to this huge crowd of people gathered around and he pushes up to the front and there's a guy sitting in a folding chair and he has a bucket that says see the talking mule five rubles And just beyond him is a mule lying in the grass chewing on clover. So he puts five rubles into the bucket and he stands with the crowd waiting. And after about 10 minutes, someone says, make him talk. We want to see him talk. The old man gets up out of his chair and walks over and kicks the mule in the ass as hard as he can. And the mule says, why can't I just die?
5: <laughs> oh, oh my
2: God! Wow, the That's feel-good the joke of the year. My favorite joke
0: of all time. Did we walk down that <laughs> path
2: it, with is you? Both, it is both a perfect Russian joke and a perfect show business. It joke. is. It's a good,
0: and and it's funny because my last question about reinvention is is how is comedy a reinvention? Does it to be funny on stage? Are you reinventing something? Yes, in the you're moment.
3: reinventing time as something pleasurable. I mean, pain. <laughs> you are reinventing Both. time. time is but pain. you know, the. You, I don't know whether it might have been your dad. I mean, the famous thing pain plus time equals comedy. We all right. know. We've all right. heard it a million times. So you're taking. prior. I don't know who
2: it was. It was uh, Steve Allen, and it was, it was Steve Allen? Uh, Tragedy plus Time. Uh, right. Uh, to which my corollary is uh, comedy minus timing equals tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, uh,
3: yeah, certainly. So I I would just say you're reinventing pain as something. I mean, you take pain. Tragedy is pain. Yeah, a a story of pain. Yeah, and you, with the time and your consciousness, you reinvent it as something pleasurable. Yeah, and I
0: I I was thinking about you know doing actual jokes too. It's like you're you're reinventing. You're you're building a reality like you just did with that joke with us. So we're going down one path with you. And then, you know, comedy is surprise Surprise. also. So there's a –
2: Certainly with performed comedy – uh, you're reinventing a moment of discovery over and over again for other people. Because mm-hmm. a joke it, it, in its nature is a moment of discovery. Yeah. It's a it's yeah. a shift of perspective mm-hmm. that yeah. can only occur once. It's why a joke is really only funny once when you hear it. Right. A match. It's, yeah, you, you've got it and then it's done and then it's the, always there. The thing, the, the, it the changes, synapse went off, right. It changes the way you see that thing forever. Right. With an audience, you are cre- reinventing that moment. Mm. And it's why the audience thinks they've shared a shared an event with the comic when in fact the comic is the only one in the room who hasn't shared the event Right. the com- the, the audience is sharing an event with each themselves
0: other. yeah the yes. comic
2: is in a whole different state doing things he's done before and so an event or is the first time it before. happened
4: any repeat is no longer event
2: yeah right now, you're well I would say we right.
4: modify as we go and we adjust yes. it we speed it up we oh, slow yep. it down it is getting reinvented along the way
2: all reinvention of that moment for the benefit of others yeah and
3: yeah you
4: change it up a little
3: yeah well, I would argue that the first time a comedian Why does something on time, it's because... She's it's just, just in that mood. I, I would say I'm the devil's advocate, but I've already been... <laughs> wait, wait, I've I, already I, been I already shot down with room. that thing. And yet I persist. Uh, I'd like you to meet my attorney. I mean, I would say that. I would say. I mean, I I agree with everything you said, except I would. I wonder if maybe the thrill of and you know why I persists in this. You know, on Cabaret, first time out, when a performer does material the first time, they are more with having the same experience the audience is having. Not the same, but you're more in that you're in it with them in a different way that's yeah. absolutely right you're I mean, inventing
4: uh, actually and, and improv then becomes the event every time yes
3: yes yes yes, yeah. yes.
2: yes. But, with 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 performance on the road when you're doing material you've done before yes. the audience is to some degree suspending disbelief what your show allows is yeah. for everybody to to suspend the or need improv for, or any, for, yeah. any
3: yeah. situation yeah. to where share in the moment yeah. I mean as we are talking now yes. show using has comedy tons of
4: improv no matter how set the written piece yes
3: is. and in, in something like this where we're talking the audience is more with us right. as you're telling funny things wait thing you didn't look at the script in this. <laughs> no, wait, what
4: page is this <laughs> what 58 we're on page wow. 58 I, I like your
3: cat just saw you're... the script in my mind <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: hey, this cat can tell you what scene number you're at (laughs)
0: I was thinking about some interesting things in our culture that have reinvented themselves Uh, Madonna of course comes to mind she's the queen of uh, reinvention uh, she's become Lady Gaga, and she's become <laughs> Lady Gaga. Yes, exactly. Nonsense. She's
2: become Valerie Harper. Have <laughs> you seen her? <laughs> oh.
0: oh, yeah. Did they, they look kind of similar? Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, a lot of people talk about the re- my reinvention my father went through when he uh, dropped mm-hmm. acid and reinvented himself. I'm thinking about how the Arab world is trying to reinvent themselves right now with the Arab Spring, and certainly USSR uh, reinvented themselves when the wall came down. Uh, Banana Republic. I don't know if anyone remembers the old Banana Republic. Oh, yeah. It was a. It was a really like beautiful hand painted catalog and actually was had items in it from banana republics i mean that's what they sold yeah. they sold items from indonesia and places like that and, and and now it's become a subsidiary of the gap so a total reinvention on their the year part. that i
2: first met beth uh banana republic was still what it was then uh-huh and my mother who had lost her mind for the i think 12th time uh decided that I should be a grown-up and have grown-up clothes and sent me a gift certificate to Banana Republic, to which I replied, this is going to make me grown-up, safari-wear?
0: I <laughs> know, oh, you're going to look like a kid on safari. <laughs> well, that's basically what they sold was safari-wear, yeah. Lord
4: Buckley must have been a huge... Uh,
0: yes, yeah, huge proponent the of the Pith Banana helmet. Republic. And the other thing I thought about was... <laughs> and reinvention. Uh, ...was how sure. the culture reinvents things uh in, in some ways, like like I was thinking about the learning channel. When the learning channel first came on, mm. it was actually filled with shows about things you would learn about things. And and because they're because they've like followed the hits, they basically followed you know the audience, the whoever's whatever has the most numbers, let's follow that direction. Well, now, yeah. To the point now where the learning channel now has shows on it, basically about. Hillbillies catching fish with their hands because it's TLC.
3: It's not the <laughs> right? Learning Channel. I know. All you have to do is take the words out and put the and, initials. And reinvent yourself. It's yes. all you need. To rebranding.
4: The Grand Stupidifiers would, of course, <laughs> <grand> take History <laughs> <laughs> Channel. Yes. I would take the, the learning, learning Channel, channel. the yes. Science Channel. I would take over Sci-Fi. And make it with ones. <laughs> yes.
2: Exactly. And make it all
4: pro wrestling. So it doesn't
2: actually involve science at all. No. Let's take the no. science out of science fiction. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's all, yeah, exactly. It's all Just
0: make the fiction. and Put in more fiction. <laughs> So uh, that is our beautiful show today. Thank you guys all so much. Before we end, though, uh, let's go around the room. And anything you want to promote, talk about. I know Dylan's got some exciting news this week. New CD
2: dropped on Tuesday. Writ large, available at Amazon and iTunes. And uh, my novel has just sold... And will be released in May by Wilman Press.
0: Oh, and, and I want fun. to say, if you get uh, the... Beautiful liner notes. If you actually purchase the DVD of Dylan's, not the CD. download. I mean, CD. Thank you. Uh, if you remove the CD from the casing and read the words behind the CD, you'll notice... Uh, Somebody wrote them. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly
2: Carlin wrote my beautiful liner notes on this one.
0: Uh, so I'm so excited. Uh, the, everyone, please, as you know, Dylan is brilliant. So please go off and purchase his fine words. Uh, Miss Beth, what do you got going on?
3: Well, on Cabaret continues at First and Hope on Sunday nights. And um, we're, we have our four episodes on Amazon. Oh, Amazon is very busy here uh, in Amazon. this room. com, And um, there's four episodes we shot. Each of them are or single shows that then became episodes mm. and Are
0: you going to do more episodes or how's how's that working
3: There's a lot of things in the works it's unclear what mm. the how we'll proceed in whether it will go exactly for more whether we'll do more exactly like that mm-hmm. in that configuration but something else will happen in media sort of waiting to see how going Wait that's you're reinventing. Be. reinventing She is how reinventing
0: reinventing
3: on cabaret on, on is always you know there's always a lot going on so I, people should check there. Beautiful. But Sunday nights and you're going to be on the show uh, coming up the end of the month. Yes, Yes. I
0: already have uh, anxiety about it. Great. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And Rick, what are you up to, Monsieur?
4: Well, uh, you guys are going to be out listening in if you're in Georgia uh, April 11 through 14. I'm at the Laughing Skull in Atlanta. So check that out and uh, come on down. We'll have a lot of fun. And um, listen to my podcast on iTunes called Overview with Rick Overton.
0: Yes. A uh, great oh. – uh, Rick cr- uh, hosts amazing conversations. I was privileged enough to be uh, his Premier. first guest. And we had quite the conversation. So I uh, – Thank I, you, sister. I, yes. Oh, can I say one little thing? Of
3: course we um, On our topic, the, we're doing a show at the Skirball Cultural Center next Friday Ooh. night on April 12th on the topic, The New Me. Ah. So I – The new me. The new me. The new me. me. I'm feeling
0: very like Mary Tyler Moore about that in some ways. (laughs) And I will be uh, bringing a Carlin Home Companion to the Dallas-Fort Worth area in two weeks, uh, April 18th at the Irving Arts Center. And uh, the whole evening benefits uh, local charter schools there, Winfrey Academy. Uh, They do amazing work. They have four or five charter schools in the area and uh, giving uh, just arts and science and all sorts of great education to the young men and women of that area so check me out in texas i'm bringing the carlin the
3: beige
2: state
0: the beige the big big (laughs) beige state and uh logan what are you up to in the next few weeks i'll be at on
1: cabaret on sunday and uh and then april 19th i'm at the m bar and rick will be there rick overton taylor negron carly and donnie hello the future and gary stockdale it's gonna be a great night
0: Damn, I'm going to be out of town for that <laughs> That sounds fabulous uh, I want to thank uh, Richard Green uh, Whose studio we are sitting in His lovely hut here, the sound hut I call it Uh Logan Heftel, always, for doing all the Dealey Hoppies, and today it's on an iPad It looks very groovy, you guys should see it uh, Will Wilkins of uh, Smodcast Who keeps our feed Alive and uh keeps my Shows up and running and uh Helps me organize things On the intertubes about it Uh, Of course, Kevin Smith for uh, being the god of SMODcast and for giving me the fantastic shout out on my show this week on his show. And as always, I want to uh, thank and honor the Big Electron because without the Big Electron, we'd be nowhere. So, everyone, have a great week. Uh, Next week, I have... The fabulous Anne Lamott is coming back on my show. She and I will talk about God and writing and uh, being a crazy liberal. It's always fun. She's a great, great time, and we will uh, have a, probably a 30 to 40-minute conversation. And with that, we're going to go out with a song. What are we going out with today, Logan? A little Fire Up the Weed. Oh, A Little Fire Up the Weed with uh, Tracy, Tracy Newman, Newman. Uh, the darling Tracy Newman, one of my favorite songwriters. And, uh, well, you know, if you're going to reinvent yourself – there's an interesting place to start. Fire up the weed.
6: I'm embarrassed to say This relationship works Because we never talk Except for make me some eggs A- and toast and aren't you gonna wear socks To be honest and true What I like about you is that you're always high You don't care if we never get out of the house and neither do I This must be
5: Be what we need.
6: I'll make the martinis, and you fire up the weed. I have so much guilt attached to how we began, and that's what silences me. Someone else. I snatched you up for myself like the last piece of meat Not that you didn't jump at the chance, old dog that you are But I opened the door, patted the seat and said took a few years and buckets of tears for me to understand Why your ex never once even complained when I took her man She was patiently waiting for a sucker like me
7: Smodco lovers, it's your good pal, Fat Kev Smith, checking in, telling you, I love you and I want your money. That's right, man. I got to tell you about some housekeeping shit. Tell you where some Smodco, Podco stuff's happening. You can come see us at those places. Um, don't forget, man, April 5th, that's coming up right next on Friday, right this week. Uh, instead of Saturday, me and Ralph doing Hollywood Babylon at the Love. It's Friday night. Uh, at, at a different time. Normally it's Saturday night, but Ralph's doing, uh, I think it's uh, April Foolishness over at K-Rock on Saturday. So we've moved Babylon to Friday night. So it's April 5th. Get your tickets at csmad.com. And then April 13th, man, next week, again, that's a Saturday night as per usual. But we're not going to be in the same place. Not the love, it's that week. April 13th, man, we're in Long Beach. That's right. Hollywood Babylon returns to the Laugh Factory in Long Beach. Had a great show there uh, a month and two ago. We're coming back, doing it again. Tickets at csmod.com. That's a 10 o'clock show. Come out for late night giggles with me and Ralph doing Hollywood Babylon. Uh, And shy of that, folks, the rest of the month is all dedicated to something groovy. That's right. Jay and Silly Bob, super groovy cartoon movie is going on tour. Starting in Atlanta, April 20th at the Center Stage. Then going to Washington, D.C. at the Warner Theater, April 21st. Terrytown, new york at the tarrytown music hall april 22nd best buy theater in new york city april 23rd house of blues in boston mass april 24th the keswick theater in glenside pennsylvania that's near philadelphia uh april 25th and then uh we roll over to california uh sacramento the crest theater for april 30th and then we get into may dates san francisco los angeles portland seattle kansas city st louis chicago indianapolis uh, uh, Michigan. Uh, I'm gonna say Royal Oak as the name of the theater. Michigan, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and then we're adding Texas dates, Canada dates later on. It's going on and on, man. The tour just begins on 420. That's coming up. So uh, go to to csmod.com for tickets or ceasemod.com/slash groovy movie uh this week thursday i think is the final episode season finale of comic book men tune in thursday night 10 o'clock man and uh see how we cap this year if you're a devil's fan you're gonna want to watch uh but shy of that man let's hand it off let's let's let you go to to work this has been a production of smodco internet radio sir only at smodcast.com